Welcome to the Site Visit Podcast, leadership and perspective from construction, with your host, James Faulkner. Live from BuildX Vancouver 2024. Sean, hello. How's it going? It's going well. You were here last time. I am here, and I'm here again, and I hope to be here another year. Oh, nice. That's good. That's good. So things have changed for you. You've been doing lots of stuff. So tell me about what's going on now. So, um, yeah, you're trying to solve a lot of problems here. You know, when when we met last year, I was solving the challenge around supply chain constraints, especially in the ready mix industry. Yeah. And... You know, I can su- successfully say that I, I've moved and helped move the needle on that, especially in the local area in Vancouver here. And um, towards the end of that, that year, I actually uh, went out on my own and established uh, an own venture to really go help as many more companies as, as I possibly can. Been there, helped the, the big uh, engineering construction manufacturing companies, and there's there's 100 thousand different companies to really help and drive change in, in industry. So at BuildX right now, you, the, the net effect is here, and so you have a booth, at the booth over there, and so, so what is, the, what is the, the main offering you guys are um, you know, presenting here? So what the net effect does very, very well is actually cater to the small, medium-sized businesses in construction and yeah. real, real estate and the sub-trades manufacturers um, that are really actually going out and doing the work, actually building the assets, supplying, supplying the job sites, the ones that are actually feeling the, the real pains in, in industry. Yeah. And what the net effect does very, very well is they, you know, in conjunction with, with uh, government programs, is removing barriers to adoption and top barriers being budget is number one and being a registered advisor for the Canadian Digital Adoption Program. Oh, we CDAP, can, yeah. Okay. CDAP, very yeah. popular, but, but also we have to make sure it's known. Um, you know, that re- helps remove that budget barrier for those small, medium-sized businesses by, you know, retaining a, a professional expert in construction technology, actually put the, a plan together that can, is designed for them to adopt technology, not just implement, not just pick one, yeah. and but also help them um, successfully um, drive results for that. Uh, that is that is essentially what the net effect brings to the table is removing that budget as a barrier, and also bringing in the knowledge of new solutions and skills to implement all the ingredients needed for a small, medium-sized business to actually successfully do business and build this decade. Okay, so this is a consultant company? Yes. Okay. Um, so that's, so what, what do you think, uh, you were talking a little bit also about, um, you had like four main areas. Um, so technology was one of them, technology adoption, uh, the labor shortage we were talking about. You're also talking about some environmental stuff in terms of uh, um, climate and then also the emissions reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, can you just take me through, before we, just, let's just focus on the last two just for a minute. Um, we've been seeing a lot of political stuff where there has been, um, I think Jordan Peterson brought this in as this whole doom and gloom of, and I kind of go, yeah, I understand where he's coming from that. He's trying to not depress kids, mm-hmm. I guess, or depress the, the, the younger youth. Um, for having some hope that we haven't just killed this whole thing. Sure. But it's clearly evident we've changed the planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of what do we do about that. Yes. Right? So I think that the, do you find that some of this stuff is getting political in terms of how people even want to have start the conversation? Of, of course, in, in all, all aspects, there's, there's a, a political lens to it for sure. But 
it is all, it is a very important topic to to talk about, and you know sometimes to remove the politics from it. Um, you know the the facts are very clear. Construction generates eight percent of global GHG emissions. Eight percent. Eight percent from one from one sector. That's huge. That's a huge piece of the pie. Um, so and there are things that can be done to reduce that, and you know the the impact of that is you know to TBD. Um, <laughs> but when you are, you know, when we talk about, you know, someone like myself, um, who's, you know, agile and lean startup trained, it's, it's all about where is the most valuable problem and minimum viable solution. If that is one of the biggest pieces of the pie, that's where we start. And then it's, you know, it's an industry unchanged for, for hundreds of years. There are solutions available to them now. Um, you know, they just need to be knowledgeable of them on how they can actually effectively make change. Um, and, you know, and, and how to incentivize that change and make it easy for them. Um, you know, depend on who you talk to and which, which province you live in, and you know which, you know which years these things come in. You know, in our lifetime, and very very shortly, and some some through this decade, they're going to be required to reduce emissions by fifty percent. Mm. And you know that is a make or break sentiment for a lot of it construction is, yeah. industries, and it's um, they don't know the wave that's going to hit them. And that's among you know very very similar topical to even just the workforce shortage challenges that the wave has been coming for twenty years. Yeah, it has. And now it's here. So just in terms of the emissions, I mean, just sort of, you know, factoring that down, um, is there a, the, the different categories of the sort of the, the worst culprits? Um, obviously, we have um, off-gassing of, of concrete. Um, in terms of vehicles, is that a significant part? Uh, so I'll just make this clear. I'm not uh, the expert on environmental oh, emission reduction. Yeah, I, think, I, but, I wasn't expecting but, you to uh, give me in, all the If stats, you do but, look for the, you know, the, the, the bigger obviously contributors yeah. um, concrete and asphalt production are, are the largest um, contributors to that right okay. obviously lots of technological advancements being made in that front which is great to see yeah um, but when you actually go to actual the full life cycle process of you know from planning design to build to operation maintenance yeah that construction piece there is a significant amount of waste um, that occurs through that that build process right that makes sense the operation maintenance side um, which is the you know the eighty percent of of the life of that that asset, especially if it's a building, that is a huge uh, GHG draw as well. And there are there are solutions that you know the developers, real estate developers up front, um, you know need to be aware of and, and can consider um, early in the stages. So even after like a post construction, there's still this impact. Yes. But is that still considered the construction part? It was only when the construction is handed off. It's funny how these uh, different codes work. And again, I'm not the <laughs> expert, but I know enough to be dangerous here. But uh, the the codes are you know very very incremental in how they're they're being put out there. And right now, it's more about life cycle, the the after. I see. Okay. Um, but there sense. there are there is much, especially because of the knowledge of that eight percent piece of the pie is in the construction yeah. side. Uh, the codes that are coming in now and how they're evolving are targeting what is actually happening during construction. Right. That's cool. So you were also um, chatting um, earlier about um, that statistic of you were saying that um, 99% or or probably close to that 98 point whatever is um, is all SMB business mm -hmm. and is not the big you know large you know PCLs lead cores mm -hmm. etc of revenue and is that a Canadian statistic or is it that is Canadian statistic okay. so um, it's interesting. And you know what? It's Canadian statistic, but it is a that is a typical um, trends or trend probably. across North America as right. well. That makes mm -hmm. sense. So, 
So that's pretty crazy, and so and that and that really is. Um, it becomes very. It's a useful statistic when you talk about adoption of technology, because obviously those companies have had to adopt. They've probably been leaders in starting new things, doing new things. Um, so this other 99% um, has to sort of catch up. Um, so the net effect, you guys are helping companies become more efficient by adopting technology. So just take it through that a little bit. Sure. And you know, I'll go this way is the that so yes, the statistics over 99% are businesses less than 500 staff less than 500 staff making uh, less than 1 million revenue. Uh, sorry, less than 100 million revenue. So those are the the SMBs. Yeah. Um, what's interesting and this is, you know, the PCLs like or the those the big groups that, you know, they were the Ellis Don, sorry, Ellis Don. <laughs> <laughs> they were the waymakers, you know, in the last decade yeah. of, you know, trial and error, adopting things, trying things, yeah. um, funding things and funding things in a lot, a lot of regards. And, you know, again, they, so we have a lot to owe to them on what they've done. And, um, but I want to put these, this out here there where when we, when we look at, let's say circa 2012, that is essentially the recognized benchmark for when construction technology transformation started to happen. Here's some other statistics that'll, that are kind of cringeworthy, and if you want the, the sources that we have to share, share with you. So in the last 10 years, over $30 billion have been invested in construction technology. There's been less than 2% improvement in productivity. Over 50% of, of technology that have been adopted actually support the, the top um, you know, executive leadership group, mm -hmm. their kind of job functions. The actual business results being generated, less than 4% in industry. That's that's 6,000 businesses or less out of 500,000 plus. Less than 4% in the last decade have actually yielded any significant result from the technology that they've adopted. Right. When we look at things like 80% of construction companies right now are struggling with, with workforce resource challenges. Yeah. 40% are going to retire by the end of this decade. I'm throwing lots of statistics. I like the stats, awesome. but I'm data-driven. So of that, you know, of that crazy workforce challenge that's coming up here in the last decade, the emphasis of a te technological adoption has been around top-driven. Less than 30% of companies have actually considered or adopted any type of workforce efficiency solution. It's kind of mind-blowing. Um, and a lot of that is driven around just... So dig into that a little bit. So workforce efficiency. So what would those vectors be of change? So here's, here's a really interesting kind of... And follow, follow this kind of uh, connection of the dots here. Um, and I'm, I'm going to continue to throw out some, some data for you. And wrap your head around the, the workforce issue here. So there's not enough people to do the work. Yeah. 25% of project time... This is on average, but the actual gradation on this is quite staggering. On average, 25% of project time is spent on rework. So you already have a constrained labor force. Yeah. And a quarter of that project, they're actually doing the work twice so that they, are not, they can't be deployed onto another project or progressing the project. Right, because they're fixing the old one. For sure. Got it. Okay. Okay, so we've got 25% of your project time just fixing mistakes. Coincidentally, almost that exact amount of time, 25 to 40% of a, a supervisor's time is actually spent on searching for information or administration. 
not actually out there supervising and avoiding mistakes. Yeah, avoiding that other 25%. 100%. So even something as simple as introducing um, you know, automated time tracking, things as simple as um, you know, more efficient reporting on you know, your daily activities or logs, things like that. Um, things that can automate more of that supervisor's administrative process, puts them in the field, actually being able to observe the work and avoid the rework. There are direct connections. Um, so in, in my past experience, um, you know, I supported over $25 billion in construction. I was able to see what worked well and what didn't work well. And the jobs that were able to progress more efficiently, more, pro- more pr- productively and more profitably were the ones where their superintendents were in the field mm-hmm. helping educate you know we've got a using the knowledge exactly so that's just kind of a um, you know I call it that the low-hanging fruit where we talk about you know the, the minimum viable problem or the most valuable problem minimum viable solution something's as simple as just better empowering your superintendents to actually be out there doing the job while still being able to administer the work and do the project administration and feed that information up to the you know the top levels that need to make those business right. decisions it's those simple little things that those one percent little changes make ripple effects in terms into what a construction business can do with their existing workforce and, and profitability. And does that so does that kind of wrap things? It around does. The it does. I'm just wondering, like, what 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 are you finding in the reasons people are not adopting technology like they should be? So there's and it's very interesting. In uh, 2019, McKinsey put out a report and said, here are the top ten things. Top, you know, they can. McKinsey's great because they canvas so many. The consistent top ten. Barriers. Maybe we'll just go through the few. The first one is budget. Um, budget is, is one of the biggest barriers, and even for the largest companies. And when you look at larger companies, you think, well, they can write a check. But even large companies are made of the smaller little baby companies or geographical units with their own operating. Oh, and, and, and they're waiting to be paid often. For sure. So budget is is always the number one barrier. And then the next two that are tied: management hesitancy and workforce hesitancy. And that is that is what we typically call a culture. So, the ma- and what's interesting around management hesitancy is they're typically tied to two strains: budget and knowledge of solutions. So, when you start solving the budget problem and bringing knowledge of solutions to the table, the management uh, you know alignment starts to click in. Mm. Then the next big hurdle, which makes up obviously the the bulk of of the engine, is the workforce. And a typical, as we said, you know the the big groups. You know, it took them 10 years plus to adopt technology and they're still not receiving the results that they, they probably should have. A lot of it is, is they, the, I guess, failure to help that the bulk of the workforce understand how this technology resonates and makes their life better. Yeah. Or selecting, a, a crafting their technology adoption plan around like the actual project execution operations rather than organizing that technology plan around the office leadership group. The, the, the groups that are the most successful right now are rethinking the approach and they're actually putting their operations project execution team at the center core, giving them the tools they need to do their job better and then through the power of integration and otherwise still being able to get the information needed for to support you know accounting financials and, and business management. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think of the... Um a lot of the issues that I find is that because construction is a very unique um, set of individuals working together, and that unique set is, you know, depending on the diversity of different sub-trades, depending on what a particular project is, 
you have businesses showing up at a business to do business, mm -hmm. and they all do business a different way. For sure. And they all actually want the agility and um, autonomy to do it their own way. You know, when, when, when they are mandated to work on a certain way at a certain job site because of a GC software or whatever it is, there's a reluctance to that. Mm -hmm. um, however, there's critical information there, they have to go get it, but they want to use it at a minimum. They want to do their stuff because they need their own records too. And it's the, who owns the records. For sure. Because you know, you've got, on the safety side, you have um, Core to deal with, you've got you know, WorkSafe BC here in British Columbia, you know, I'm sure there's you know, obviously the jurisdictions everywhere for safety. Um, so it's, it's, it's really because businesses are showing up and get businesses to do business. That's the reason. And I, I wonder whether or not that will be ever fixable. So what I find very interesting is, is there is a, a solution to that. And it, it all starts with understanding. So, you know, when, when I work with customers, we go through, you know, problem fit, solution fit, business fit. Then I start looking at opportunity fit, customer fit. And it's when we start talking about the opportunity customer fit, it's helping those organizations kind of move beyond the, what do I need just for my business? Tur helping them understand, you know, you are you're working for others and you need to if you want to be seen as value and especially the, the systems you use are valuable and want maybe want to get them paid for by your customers, you have to align, it's, a, it's critical that you align your, you know, your technology portfolio to your core customers. And that doesn't, have, does, doesn't necessarily mean if you know, your, your customer uses Sitemax or a Procore or whatever, how well does your systems and data, especially the data side, are you collecting the right types of information that your customer needs. System agnostic, there are many, many talented individuals out there that can make those integration connections between systems nowadays. Yeah. But it's about mapping out, you know, especially if you have a core, if you're, if over 30% of your business is from one customer, you better start aligning your technology, especially around your data to what, how can we make that data accessible to your customer? where there's no disruption to you know, whatever system process they use and whatever system process you use, there is a roadmap to do that. And that has been a, a critical success factor for a number of businesses. Hmm. Interesting, okay. Well, there's a lot there. Um, <clears throat> do you think that um, we have a power dynamic that is, I'll give you an example. So, the phone that I have here in my hand, this thing has become ubiquitous. It's basically, and it's an appendage mm -hmm. now. Luckily, we can put it, it hurt, away. It would hurt to get rid of it. Yeah, but yeah. people are just tied to this thing. Mm -hmm. So you end up with a bring your own device to work mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And there is a, there are some, some people, not all people, but there is a little bit of a power dynamic struggle between management and field crews. Mm -hmm. And there is the, why should I? Why should I do anything extra? And sometimes digital adoption feels like an extra. And it really isn't, but it feels like it because it's like someone else's, it's, it's my hassle to learn and I have to do this and I got to do something a different way. It's taking data on my phone. Are you going to pay for my plan? Are you going to, like all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. 
because we are talking about that other 99%, right? This is where this, this stuff happens. Yep. So there needs to be a cultural shift in terms of technology of hardware, as in you get this, it, it can all come down to, you know, are you giving them a $450 phone or are you giving them a $1,700 phone? Right. Give them a $1,700 phone and you mandate what they do with it. And yeah, they're gonna, you're gonna have 25% of them with a smash screen every month. But what is the actual, if people can get over, it, it's, it's interesting that there is a psychology of money that I think as humans in, in this, this flows into how we do business mm -hmm. as well. If I say to you here, um, uh, we're gonna go out for dinner, we're gonna go for drinks, and you're like, yeah, okay, let's we go to a good place, we have a good time and whatever, and you, you drop 250 bucks. And then I say to you, we go to, we go to uh, you know, um, shopping on, on Robson Street, and I'm like, here's a pair of jeans for 250 bucks. You're like, oh, no, no, 250 way. bucks. Yep. But you blow it yep. just for the experience mm -hmm. where you didn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of thing. There's money being spent in these companies that are the nightlife stuff. It's the golf tournaments, it's mm -hmm. the, all this experience stuff. And they're like, yep. I don't know, $17 for a phone. It's like, hello, this is the actual channel to productivity, to everything. So I think there definitely needs to be something around how that shift of spending, when you said budget, you're correct. Mm -hmm. Budget, but psychology around budget. For sure. And you know, you're on. You're exactly exactly accurate. And it's so funny how often even that scenario comes up, where where I don't want to pay for my, you know, I have a hundred crew and they're transient. Who knows who's showing up? I can't buy everyone devices, but I, I don't want to pay for a hundred people's phone plans. Yeah. It's it's crazy, as you said, the psychology of money. When you start, when you give the, you know, levers for them to pull to remove that budget as a barrier, it's crazy how the floodgates open. Right. And you know, I'll just use case in point. Um, can you, know you see that for that stuff or not? Yes, you can. For yes. buying buying hardware. Yes, and that's okay. that's the beauty of it. The CDAP program, you know, it's the front end. It's essentially a, a forgivable grant to to bring an expert in like myself to actually to put a plan together for them. And the keyword is a that's plan. A, that's a twenty five grand, right? So that's that's it's 15, about 15. 15. And, 15. and you, and you guys, that, that's you like guys what the grant that up by showing the way. Yes. And, but in that plan. You know what we try to do very very well is is help connect the dots to, you know that actual you know what are, what is what are the costs and what are the ROIs, and we help them understand. Okay, yes, and then, you know through the CDAP program, if they need it, if the companies need it, um, it's almost instant access approval to up to hundred thousand dollars interest free loan for five years. Yeah. Do you know if, if you have the right plan? Do you know how fast you can get your ROI? Yeah. Pretty quickly. So what you happens can pay after that. the five years though? You pay that back. So in terms of no, your, no, so it's it could if, be a hundred thousand dollars. Sure, like in we it, knew when we did the the um, the COVID loan yeah. stuff. Like you pay that if you if you don't pay it back in that time, there's some trouble. Yeah. So yes, there are obviously some T and C's involved with with the, the BDC loans. But if you, you know, if you actually work with the, the right expert advisor, there you go. They are yeah. they are crafting a strategy where you're you can Getting the get value. your ROI. Yeah. And we you can structure it in a way, and there's some great new solutions that actually put money back in your pocket. And if you're smart and savvy, and you understand the process, you're using that to pay, you know, to pay off your loans and do things like that. Um, but what's interesting, yes, exactly as you said, you know, we go, okay, well, look, if if 
your barrier to getting your workforce to adopt new technologies is a paying their their internet bill yeah which is very affordable if you do it at scale yeah um yes that is what they use the loan for that 100 for cool. sure you get them to adopt these things you start getting the roi back in return they are happy to continue to support you and you're making their life happy that's you know it's about reducing that budget as a barrier and like you said it's they're happy. Companies are happy to go spend two hundred thousand dollars on new Silverados, but they won't pay for a thirty dollar uh, phone plan. Yeah, well, let's just yeah. let's just negate, take that out of the conversation completely. That would be yeah. That would be really cool if you did have a uh, presentation or uh, psychology of money. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you know, Sean, these are like short podcasts, sure. but um, th- I think we could probably dig into this a little bit more. Um, how do people get hold of you? What's your website? All that kind of stuff. So. Uh, you can contact me a number of ways. As, so I'm, I'm here on behalf of the NetEffect group. Yeah. Um, so you can contact me, uh, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at thenetEffect.ca. Okay. Um, that's my direct contact. And let's go through those channels. And the um, website addresses are? Uh, www.thenetEffect.ca. Okay. Yep, go, go through that. Okay. Um, that's the best way to contact me. And, and you're um, on LinkedIn, obviously, and all that On LinkedIn, stuff. yep. Sean okay, Gray. Fun. Yep, you can contact me on cool. there. Well, yes. that sounds like it. you got a valuable thing going on there, yes. so that's awesome. Good on you, man. Thank you. And okay, cool. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show here. You're very welcome. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Well, that does it for another episode of The Site Visit. Thank you for listening. Be sure to stay connected with us by following our social accounts on Instagram and YouTube. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter at sitemaxsystems.com slash the site visit, where you'll get industry insights, pro tips, and everything you need to know about the site visit podcast and Sitemax, the job site and construction management tool of choice for thousands of contractors in North America and beyond. Sitemax is also the engine that powers this podcast. All right, let's get back to building.